Have you ever had that heart-stopping moment when you realized you forgot the password to a critical account? I have, and that's exactly why I switched to 1Password years ago, and honestly, it's been a game-changer. I can't do without 1Password, and I know that if you give it a try, you will feel the same way. And when you support our sponsors, then you support the show. So I encourage you to check out what 1Password has to offer One of the things 1Password has to offer is it combines top-tier security with an award-winning design, making password management a breeze for anyone, anywhere. From the moment I started using 1Password, I said goodbye to the days of resetting passwords and worrying about security breaches. You see, 1Password isn't just about convenience. It's about saving you from the real cost of data breaches and the daily time suck of password resets. It works seamlessly across all your devices, filling in passwords for you so that you can sign in with a click. And the best part, all you need to do is remember one strong password that protects everything else. I've been using 1Password for as long as I can remember. My family is using it. Everyone in this household has bought in. It's, again, a game changer. It's completely transformed how I handle my digital security and my family feels the same way. We've gotten away from using the same passwords again and again and again, or sticky note reminders or having that notebook that says passwords I must remember. Plus, 1Password is trusted by millions, including giants like IBM and Slack. With 1Password, my digital life and my family's digital life is not only more secure, but infinitely simpler. And look, if you've ever been frustrated by a family member constantly asking for passwords, 1Password's secure sharing has been a total relationship saver for me. It's so secure that the Associated Press relies on it in high-risk areas, which means it's more than capable of keeping your digital life safe and streamlined. So why not make the switch? Protect yourself, your family, and your business with 1Password. It's the simple and secure way to manage your digital life. And right now, listeners of A Productive Conversation get a free two-week trial at onepasswordcom slash ProductiveConvo. That's two free weeks at onepasswordcom slash productive convo. Again, onepasswordcom slash productive convo. Check out one password. I know you'll fall in love with it like my whole family has. Again, that's onepasswordcom slash productive convo for two free weeks. Check it out today. Have you ever considered the impact your work environment has on your health and your productivity? Enter uplift desk a revolutionary standing desk designed to transform the way you work and that's just the beginning of what uplift desk has to offer with an emphasis on ergonomics and customization uplift desk offers a solution that caters to the dynamic needs of modern professionals whether you're coding designing or podcasting like i am right now the flexibility to switch between sitting and standing can significantly enhance your focus and vitality What makes Uplift Desk stand out is not just their commitment to quality and innovation, but also their dedication to creating a healthier workspace. With options to customize from over 100 desktop materials and a plethora of accessories, Uplift Desk ensures that your work setup is uniquely yours, promoting better posture and movement throughout the day. And here's an offer to get you started on a healthier work journey starting today. Go to upliftdesk.com slash timecrafting for 5% off your order. That's up 
liftdesk.com slash timecrafting to get 5% off your entire order. Your health, your productivity, your future self will thank you. Again, that's upliftdesk.com slash timecrafting and get 5% off your entire order today. You recognize that we're all connected with this invisible network. I'd like to welcome Doug Fraser to the Productivityist Podcast. Doug, thanks for joining me today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Okay, so I'm going to ask you a question that that I think will harken back to the podcast uh, that you uh, that you host. Uh, <laughs> what do you do? <laughs> what do I do? That is a great question. Um, I'm sort of all over the boards. Um, I do filmmaking. I do social media uh, advertising. I do uh, podcasting. Um, audio, uh, for radio ads, copywriting, it's all over the board. Um, so it's kind of hard to simplify that for myself, even though on my show, I ask other people to simplify it. (laughs) Well, so, but clearly the podcast exhibits your curiosity and your fascination with, with, with people focusing on various things. Cause you've, you've talked to, and of course I'll link to the podcast in the show notes, but there's lots of, you know, you're, you're talking to people who are many of my listeners will know, and then others are like, oh, wait, they're, they may be familiar with it or forgotten or, or, or just have have no idea. But there's this curiosity and fascination. But I think that, like, as you said, you do a lot of different things that tends to extend to your, your yourself as well. Um, how long like has curiosity played a huge role in, in, in what you how you spend your time and what you've done with your time over the course of the years that you've been around on this planet? Yeah, that's a great question. I think that from childhood, curiosity has always been something that has driven me to try new things and to experiment. And, you know, when I was in high school, um, I was always curious why we had to write reports, right? So I, I, I'm a professional writer now, but I hated writing back then. And so I would negotiate with the teachers out of curiosity if I could do a video, instead of doing a report because for me doing a video would took much less effort, right? Because you're just, you're just talking and writing means you have to sit down, you have to organize your thoughts, you have to think, and you can't play around with electronics, which I love to do. So, um, that's sort of a, a big turning point for me when they said yes. And so rather than just being this idea in my head of what if I sort of brought it to life and I got a green light. And so that was that was a, a turning point for me because it was a start to move on and and give myself the opportunity to ask those questions and to to feed that curiosity outside of just thinking about it um, and make those real world changes. And so now when I am sort of you know thinking about what next steps are going to be for my business or who do I want to interview next, um, a lot of the times I go to my bookshelf as a starter because there's topics ranging from all over, uh, the world. And, and it's just like, what, what would, what made me so curious in that moment that I wanted to purchase that book and some books I have, I'm like, what was I thinking at the time? What, what was my mindset? I've, I've a book on, on the history of pigeons and <laughs> it's, it is a book that sounds so silly, but it was recommended by a friend and it is fascinating mm-hmm. to learn just how pigeons have been used throughout, uh, the human and, you know, pigeon relationship throughout the years. And so I think that 
curiosity in terms of, you know, what role it plays in my life. It drives me to, to wake up in the morning and just try new things because experimenting for me is, is a way that I get pleasure from life and, um, being able to, to not just sort of just touch on different things, but dive deep every once in a while with each of these episodes, I'm able to, to really learn and dig into where people are coming from and why they decided to choose a certain, uh, passion, hobby or job. And where does curiosity play in their life? And so I've, I've had the opportunity to talk with, um, Aaron Rasmussen, who's the co-founder of masterclass, uh, Bob Bergen, who's the voice of Porky Pig. Um, I just interviewed, um, a gentleman who is working on the 10,000 photo photo arc. Uh, he's trying to, um, get pictures of all the, um, animals in captivity across the world. And, um, it's just, it's an incredible thing to be able to use my own curiosity to tap into other people's curiosity. And it's just, you recognize that we're all connected with this invisible network. We were talking before we started recording about some of the stuff that I've taken on recently as hobbies, which I never would have considered before, because I was fairly, um, I'll use the term myopic because I was so like time, time is a big topic, but, uh, you know, obviously, when you want to specialize in something, you want to get really good at it, you you dig in. We, we talk about gaming as well, and that's the same kind of principle. You want to get really good at, like, it, it just, the, the reward of getting really good at something um, is, is often more apparent than the reward of exploring a, a wide variety of, or wide range of topics. And I've noticed for myself that as I started to explore things like gardening and woodworking, I've been able to find stories you mentioned connecting that I can use with productivity. Like for example, um, we spoke about masterclass. I watched Ron Finley's masterclass. I'll link to it in the show notes. Um, and I've watched other people's videos as well. But one of the things that I, I learned was about the soil and how the soil is the most important part, uh, as opposed to like just the plants growing. Like if you feed the soil, then the soil feeds the plants. And that I talk about, I, I drew the correlation to, well, if you feed the framework in productivity and time management, then that framework will then feed and fuel your ability to do things. Do you find that by exploring like an array of things, like you talked about the pigeon piece, like there's stuff that you can take from things you would never normally suspect that you can then relate to your own work. Like as a filmmaker, you can, you can draw in some like, oh, this story about, you know, the history of pigeons, I can use that as a direct connection to something complete that would seem completely unrelated. Did you find that that's, that that's something that just is happening because of the, the wide range of things that you're exploring? Yeah, it's, you know, there's sort of these hard, fast transferable skills that, you know, you can take from different fields, but there's also this, this sort of unquantifiable thing that you get from learning something new and, and maybe it's different for other people and and maybe it's different for you, but when I find something new and fascinating that I'm like, the world opens up again to me mm. because this thing that, you know, you feel like as an adult, you kind of know how the world works and, and you get into this, this rhythm, uh, where your curiosity starts to wane. But once it peaks again, all of a sudden it feels like the world becomes new again. Right. And you get this childlike fascination and there's such an energy to that that's picked up. And, you know, 
when I can take that fascination and and sort of turn it inwards into my productivity systems, it's this really weird thing that's, that happens that I actually enjoy creating that framework. It's no longer like, okay, here's the here's the thing I have to do in order to be productive. It turns into, okay, look, I've sort of created this thing and I gamify it in some way because, you know, you can see each step of the way how you're improving. Um, and, and so, yeah, I, I think that there's so many transferable skills that we can get from, from all sorts of people that we may otherwise think that we have nothing to relate to them about. Um, and, and typically I'm a pretty shy guy, but I find that, um, whenever I force myself to have a conversation with someone, it is always worth it. I've never had a moment where I'm like, man, that was not worth it. Even if it's just a stranger, just ask them a question because somehow along the way, along your day, along your week, or maybe, you know, years down the road, something they may, they say may come back to you and spark something new and make you see life in a new way. And, and so it's like in some way, every little thing that we're doing, every interaction we're having, everything we're learning is adding up in us and sort of building us to become a newer version of ourselves on the road. Well, and I think, I mean, to your point, um, it doesn't just when, and it does happen to me too. When I find something that I can, I get excited about, it doesn't just apply to my work or whatever. It, it, it radiates throughout. Like it's, 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 it's like, wow, you know, I feel invigorated on every front. I, I want to be more helpful. I want to be more engaging. I want to talk to more people. I want to do things like, I mean, and, and sometimes it's completely unrelated. It's just, hey, I found something new. I'm really excited about it. And therefore I'm excited in general. Sometimes it's like, you know what? I've started a garden. Uh, what about cooking? Oh man, I'm so excited. Like, so sometimes they are related and it's, it's, it's just, I think I've always found, um, and I'm more of a Star Wars fan, but one of the things that I like about Star Trek, and again, talk about drawing relationships is the idea of, of humans are natural explorers, right? Like we want mm -hmm. to explore different things. Um, how do you uh, know, not know when to, but as, as someone who's exploring new topics and, and, and really curious, how do you make time to, to give enough attention to the things that you are a either this is a two-parter things that you are new to and you want to make sure that you foster a bit greater understanding of, but also things, the th the fundamental things that you need to do for your business and your life. Like how do you create some harmony between those? Um, well, I guess, uh, truth be told that is a constant battle <laughs> and, <laughs> and there, there are some days where I'm like, I nailed it. Right. I am, I am present with my girlfriend. I was present during the day during my work and I'm able to compartmentalize things in a way that I feel like this is the life I should be living. Right. This is the way things should be. And that's about 5% of the time. I would say 95% <laughs> of the time I am just trying to s sort of figure out what am I doing wrong right now? Why is this, why was this working yesterday and not today? Um, and so, but I have found that, that being present and trying to snap yourself back into the moment is one of the biggest and simplest ways to make sure that you have that balance. Because when you're in the moment, you understand that, okay, this is what I'm doing now. 
I don't need to worry about what's going on 20 minutes from now or tomorrow or this project that is coming up or this other project that's late. And so you're able to put your best work into those moments, whether it's in a relationship or it's, it's with work. But yeah, I, I, I struggle with that a lot. Um, and I hope it's not just me. <laughs> no, <laughs> From, no, 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 no. It's not yeah. just you for sure. I mean, how, how do you, what tactics do you put in place to try to regain that ability to stay present and be in the moment? I mean, I, I watched, I mean, right now, for example, uh, you and I are having a conversation and there have been times where when I've had interviews or conversations in the past before, which has made me, I think uh, over time, you know, it's made me a better podcast or a better host is the ability to stay present because then I can go, Oh, there's this and you can start connecting dots. But if you're busy, yeah. you know, like, Oh, I got an email or, Oh, this or, Oh, that it takes away from that. There's a disconnect. Um, so like when it comes to this very specific thing, there's, I mean, I, I basically isolate myself so that you and I can have this conversation because, um, this is the most important thing I can be doing right now. This is how I stay present in this moment. But there have been times where I haven't. What are some of the things that you do? And I'm not just talking about when you're hosting your podcast, but in other areas where you're like, okay, you know what? I'm feeling myself drifting. I need to get back. What What do I do to do that? So meditation is something that has helped me a lot. And it's not just, you know, I use Headspace, so it's like 10 minutes a day. And even that I'm inconsistent with. But when I am, I feel so good about myself. Right. And, but it's, it's the skills that I learned from meditation that I'm able to carry over and use in those moments and, and bring myself back because, you know, there's visual, visual, sorry, visualization techniques. That's hard to say, um, that allow you to recognize the noise around you and separate that from what you actually want to focus on. And it's, you may, you know, the first time I went in there and tried it, I'm like, ah, I don't think this is really working. This seems kind of silly. But when I actually forced myself to be present, to learn about being present, that <laughs> was a breakthrough yeah. because it's, it's, there's so many layers to it that, um, you know, personally I've, I can give up pretty soon if I feel like something's not working. But if I take that time and say, okay, let me give this my full effort and full attention Everything always changes. Everything is always better. And it's a practice, right? I think that's the other – again, this is this relates back to some that's of the stuff we talked about yeah. before, uh, before we recorded, is this idea of persistence and being consistent with something and not abandoning it. Um, we talked about this. And again, sometimes sometimes I wish we recorded the preamble, but I like having the preamble where there's no there's – no, um, rhyme or reason, we can just have a, a candid conversation and and kind of see where things kind of jive and, and, and connect. But uh, when I was watching that masterclass with Ron Finley, um, it takes some time and it's, it's not unique to his class. There's others and not just masterclass either, but he's telling his origin story and he's getting into like how he became the, got into guerrilla gardening and all that stuff. And I know um that there are going to be some people go, Oh, come on, just get to the good stuff. Like I'm going to skip, let's go ahead. Wait, wait, what? Like, and, or they stick through that. They go, okay, this is useless. And they move on. They abandon it before they, it gets, they get to that state where they can really absorb it. And that's an attention thing. And with meditation, it's the same thing. Like you can't, I mean, I know that I've used, I use the muse meditation headband because it kind of gamifies it a bit. But the idea is if you try to win the game you can't win because what, so what is this so muse is a headband um and it's it 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 
purportedly, because I, I don't know all the science behind it, uh, it can read the, the your 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 waves to figure out how your brain waves to figure out if you're you know excited, whatever. Mm-hmm. And you can listen to certain things. So it's like let's say you're you're listening and there's a uh, uh, waves coming in. And sometimes the waves come in really slowly, and then other times they're crashing. If they're crashing, it means you're, you're you need to focus again on on a you need to get back to your breathing and things like that. But then there's a point where you try to hear the birds. In in every scenario, you want to hear chirping birds because mm. that means you're really in like this state. But the problem is, if you try to hear the birds, you're actively getting your brain excited, which means that you're going to be getting further away from the birds, right? Because you're not, and so. The point there is that you can't quote win. Like you, meditation is not a you can you can, um, you can't really you can't win meditation. Nor can you. It's 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 a craft. You you'll never the best the best uh, people you know those who teach meditation don't go well. I'm good at this now. I don't need to do. It. I perfected it. <laughs> right, like right. Th- there's no you can't win it. So as long as you understand it's a practice. And, and I've had many conversations. I've had conversations with my mother about this. Where I'm like, you know, you need, what if you meditated? She goes, oh, I've tried that before. I'm like, have you tried two minutes? Oh, well, that doesn't seem like it would do anything. Yeah, it would. <laughs> like, yeah. try yeah. two minutes. It's like if you practice something the first time you've done it for an hour, you're going to get frustrated because you're not going to be very good at it. And that's going to be a bias that shows up. Like, oh, I'm not good at this. No, because you try to do something in a, in a very crappy way for an hour. What if you tried it in a crappy way for five minutes? And then yeah. you did that five minutes every day for, you know, it's like, it's, you know, like writing, you know, or podcasting. You and I could probably go back to our original podcast episodes. I know I have and go, Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, like, like, uh, I think it's Finn from adventure time says, uh, sucking at something is the first step to being good at something. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, Meditation is no different. And I think that, um, uh, you know, there's that old ad. There's a story where uh, there's this busy executive talking to a med- uh, I think a, a meditation master, a meditation teacher. And he says, I'm really stressed. Da, 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 da. I need to I need to meditate. What do you recommend? And the um, the meditation expert or master says, uh, meditate for f- for five minutes a day. And he goes, oh, I don't have time for that. And then the meditation master goes, meditate for 20 minutes a day. Like it's like the idea of you're that stressed, therefore you need more time because clearly if you can't make five minutes, then you need more time to do it so you can actually get clarity around it, right? So, but yeah, I mean, you're not alone. I mean, I I struggle with being present and being, especially as somebody who tries to think further ahead and plan for the future and all that stuff. Uh, and especially in the current season that we're in where, uncertainty is everywhere. And you, if you try to engineer certainty all the time, that can be exhausting. You just kind of got to go, okay, well, what can I do right now? That's going to be the best, best scenario. And I think that's when curiosity shows up because like, well, I can't, this is what I would normally do, but I can't. So what are some of the other things I can do? Like you, we, before we got on, you talked about your gym routine. You haven't been able to really go to the gym, right? Right, right. And so I've had to sort of gather the resources and create that space in my apartment. And and not only that, but you've probably seen some stuff at the gym where you're like, you know what, this is, I mean, you're, you're getting curious about like, what can I do to make my, my environment the best gym for me that it can be, but somebody else that, I mean, it's not like you're going to open a gym and have people come in right, right. and they're going to go, even if you did, they're going to go, oh, well, this, this machine, I would never use this machine or this isn't, the, it's very personal. And I think, mm-hmm. Finding a way to get presence is also very personal. 
It is. That's that's totally right. And it's it's sort of like understanding that there's no one way, no one blanket way that works for everybody. But sort of knowing yourself and knowing that these systems like Headspace or, or the headband that you're referring to, they work for a large number of people, which which can tell you something. And for me, that doesn't mean it's going to work for you, but I think it means that it's worth a try. Um, and I think that, you know, we often say that we don't have time, like you mentioned earlier. Um, but I think that we don't often enough instead say, I'm not willing to make time because, because the difference there is, is that you have a choice in the matter. And I think it's easy for people to say they don't have the time because what they're saying is I cannot take responsibility for a choice in this. And therefore, do not put pressure on me. I'm not one to blame about this not happening. But when when you can say, I'm not willing to make the time, then you're saying like, this is not worth my time for X, Y, Z. And that forces you to have a difficult conversation. And I think that um, Brene Brown talks a lot about this, about having those difficult conversations. And to get to that conversation in the first place, you have to have the honesty. And part of being genuinely curious uh, you need to have some genuine curiosity about yourself too. And when you find that curiosity in yourself and about yourself, I think that then that truth comes out and you start to realize that the things that you say or the ways that you've been thinking have sort of been keeping you back from a relationship with yourself and with others. All right. I want to talk about building a framework, something that you can personalize. And you've got something, uh, you know, linked to in the in the show notes, but the your your website, one of the things I went to, was uh, as we prepared, obviously your podcast is one, but I'm, I'm like, you know, I want to look and see how Doug's mind works. We, I mean, if you're doing, you know, all of these things, you've got to have some kind of framework that is transferable, like you talked about, so that you can at least have something to kind of glom onto uh, for these different areas that you're, you're, you're kind of looking at. And you've got this four-step process that you talk about, like when it comes to success, right? So yeah. I'm going to go through the steps um, and then I want to, ask you how this came to be. So the first step is setting crystal clear objective objectives. So clarity is one of the things that we talked about a little bit earlier, then executing, then reporting, and then analyzing. So can you talk a little bit about how you decided, like, look, I need something that can tether all of these interests of mine together and also help the people I work with reach success as well. Yeah. So I think one thing that I've, I've done my entire life up until sort of discovering this method through reading different books and things is I didn't really know what my objective was for a lot of things that I did. Like even, you know, I was in competitive soccer and things, but I didn't really have an objective of like, okay, I want to get better at this and therefore I should do this. It was always just sort of this blob. Right. And so I think by setting the clear objective, you understand what success looks like, right? So you're able to define, okay, even if it's a multi-step process, it's like, where are these uh, flags set up so that I can say, okay, I've made it here, now what's next? Um, and so that objective then, uh, once you have that, you're ready to lead into step two, which is the executing part. Um, and that obviously is is the most difficult part is actually doing the job, right? Because success is avoided by a lot of people because it looks, it's dressed in overalls and looks like hard work. Right. It takes the time. It takes all, all this effort. So executing is tough. But once you're done with executing, you need to understand how you did compared to what your objective was, right? So 
Um, that's where step three of reporting comes in, getting those metrics for whatever your objective was. And then four is analyzing that information. And, and through analysis, you're able to then understand, okay, was my objective, was it actually attainable? Was it something that I was shooting for the moon and wasn't actually thinking about, you know, what's the best way to do this? I was just throwing something out there and seeing what stuck. Um, and so through this four step process, I'm able to compartmentalize. That's a big thing to say, okay, this, um, project has these steps. It goes in this box. And then I'm able to talk to clients in a way that is to paint the very clear picture of, okay, here's what we just discussed on the call. Here's what my action items are. Here's how we're going to measure success. And here's how I'm going to report and analyze on that. And I mean, I didn't realize I was doing this and I feel like maybe your listeners do as well is as soon as you get off like a zoom call nowadays, you may wonder what the hell am I supposed to do next? I don't really understand (laughs) what, what the next steps are because, because a lot of the times we live in this unclear world and we just presume someone else is going to do it. Right. And I, I think that by setting up these steps for myself in any business interaction that, that I have where there's a new project, I'm able to sort of take the reins and, and spell things out for everybody. Um, and that gives them something to react to because then they may be like, Oh, actually, what if we change this? Because I think the objective should shift just a little bit. And then everyone's clear about what is going on. And, and so I think the four step process for me, the biggest thing it does is create clarity. Ever found yourself deep in a project, your flow state so intense that the world around you just fades away? That's the magic zone where ideas take flight and your work truly comes to life. But what if, in a blink, it could all disappear? Hard drives fail, coffee spills, and yes, even the dreaded accidental delete happens. But fear not, because Crash Plan has your back. Don't wait for disaster to strike. Head over to crashplan.com slash timecrafting now for a free trial and secure your creations with their limited time buy one, get one offers. Supporting our sponsors means supporting this podcast. So take a moment to check them out. CrashPlan is the superhero of cloud-based data protection, specifically designed for people like us who live and breathe their digital creations. CrashPlan ensures that every file, every idea, and every piece of hard work is safely backed up and protected. With CrashPlan Professional, you get unlimited backup for your computers, not servers or cloud apps, just pure essential data protection for PC, Mac, and Linux. This means your business plans, designs, music, and documents are continuously encrypted and updated in their secure cloud without you lifting a finger. Imagine this, your laptop takes a dive during a late night work session. With CrashPlan, it's not a disaster, it's just a minor hiccup. Their service runs quietly in the background, safeguarding every change you make every 15 minutes. And if the worst happens, your files are just a few clicks away from being restored with unlimited version retention acting as your personal time machine. For businesses, CrashPlan's multi-tenant capabilities are a game changer. Buy as many licenses as you need, manage them with ease, and let your team or your IT admin restore data seamlessly, saving precious time and resources. So go to crashplan.com slash timecrafting now to sign up for a free trial and take advantage of one of their limited 
buy one, get one offers for a productive conversation listeners. That's crashplan.com slash timecrafting. Back up better with CrashPlan. Ever caught yourself marveling at the seamless magic of everyday tech, like how noise-canceling headphones block out the world or the sheer bliss of meeting-free Fridays? Now imagine if there was a way to bring that kind of magic into selling online. Well, guess what? There is, and it's called Shopify. From the moment you decide to launch your online shop to opening your first physical store, and even when you're pinching yourself because, yes, you just hit a million orders, Shopify is there to guide your growth. Whether you're selling shipping supplies or the latest productivity tools, Shopify supports you everywhere with their all-in-one e-commerce platform and in-person POS system. The checkout? Oh, it's a breeze for your customers, converting up to 36% better than other platforms. And with Shopify Magic, your AI-powered assistant, you're selling more with way less effort. And you won't be alone in your Shopify journey because Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S., supporting giants like Allbirds and Brooklinen and millions of entrepreneurs across 175 countries. Their award-winning support is always there, making sure businesses that grow, Grow with Shopify, and yours can be one of those businesses. And for those looking to level up, Shopify's endless integrations and third-party apps from on-demand printing to chatbots ensure your business is always ahead of the curve. So what are you waiting for? Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash timecrafting, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash timecrafting now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. That's shopify.com slash timecrafting. Have you ever looked into fasting and thought, I love the benefits, but I can't go days without eating? Well, that's where Prolon comes in, transforming the fasting experience with a plant-based nutrition program that tricks your cells into thinking they're fasting without actually having to stop eating. Developed through decades of research at the University of Southern California Longevity Institute, Prolon is not just another diet, it's a scientifically backed program designed to support your body's natural processes. Now keep in mind, this isn't about cutting out food, it's about providing your body with the right nutrients to enter a fasting state while still eating. The program includes snacks, soups, and beverages, all carefully designed to support healthy blood sugar levels, cardiovascular health, and even reduce abdominal fat. And the convenience? That's unmatched. Everything you need comes in one box delivered right to your doorstep. Thousands of doctors now recommend Prolon for its health benefits, backed by Nobel Prize winning science. So if you're looking for a way to kickstart your health journey with all the benefits of fasting and none of the hunger, Prolon is the answer. And right now, Prolon is offering a Productive Conversation listeners 10% off their five-day nutrition program. Go to prolonlife.com slash timecrafting. That's P-R-O-L-O-N life.com slash timecrafting for this special offer. Again, that's prolonlife.com slash timecrafting. Check it out today. Shipping can make or break a sale, so optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code POD. That's ShipStation.com with the code POD. 
Meal planning is important because it prevents us from being a disappointed wreck when dinner time comes around and we have no clue what to make or even if we have the ingredients to make the meal. It's a time and a money saver, but most importantly, it frees up valuable brain space. Creating a meal plan prepares us for the week to come and gives us peace of mind that we're organized and can feed ourselves and our family. That's why I do it and that's why Plan to Eat helps me do it. Your subscription includes access to the Plan to Eat website and fully featured mobile apps on iOS and Android. And Plan to Eat gives you the tools to clip and organize recipes from any website, the ones your family loves and that fit your dietary preferences and needs. And you can create a meal plan around your schedule. Then what happens is the Plan to Eat software automatically creates an organized shopping list based on your plan. So sign up for your free trial at plantoeat.com slash timecrafting. That's plantoeat.com forward slash timecrafting. The coupon will be automatically applied to your account and can be used when you're ready to subscribe. It's valid for new customers only. Give Plan to Eat a try today. Okay, let's take a break from the conversation now to talk about this episode's sponsors. First, I want to talk about SetApp. Now, SetApp really, when you break it down, is a subscription for Mac apps. It's the best way for you to discover new quality apps and get all the tools you need to be successful and, as you figured, productive. That's why we're talking about SetApp on the Productivity is Podcast. SetApp packs over 200 high-quality apps into one, and there's an app for almost any task so you can stay in your flow and finish what you started. SetApp also now allows you to take your projects to your iPhones and iPads as well, so you can get support for iOS companion apps like Ulysses if you're writing or to-do or in task heat. You can do that across not only your Mac, but your iOS devices as well. And Setup has a dedicated curation team that only selects the highest quality apps. You don't have to search for the best tools anymore. They're already in Setup. I want to share with you one that I've been playing with more with relations to my time crafting methodology, and it's called Moment. So I can actually use Moment to create custom countdown timers for things like the weekly sprint I might be on. And or let's say I want to finish a project in a week. I can have Moment track that time in reverse for me. That's how I like to track my time, either using, you know, kind of uh, tracking the themes that I'm playing with or the modes I'm using or just how much time I have left to do something. So I use this for my monthly themes. I can use it for my daily themes as well. There's so many things I can do with these custom countdown timers I can create in Moment. And that's just one of the apps that I use that Setup has to offer. And really, Setup's also a great value. Instead of paying thousands of dollars for separate licenses, there's just one flat monthly fee and new apps are added to Setup regularly. Moment hasn't been with Setup all that long. I mean, they are adding apps constantly. The updates are free and all of the apps are full featured pro versions. So you're not going to come across a roadblock or a bottleneck along the way. Now I want you to take advantage of what Setup has to offer. So you head over to setapp.com and try it free for a week. And if you like it, then plans start at just $9.99 per month. You can use it for as long as it's useful to you. And I can tell you, I've been using Setup for a while. It's going to remain useful for you for the long haul. So head over to setapp.com. That's S-E-T-A-P-P.com right now. Get that free trial and get those high quality curated apps that you need for your Mac and now your iOS devices today. If you're listening to this episode as it drops, then you know that the countdown, as I just mentioned about moment, is on. But for the rest of the calendar year, yep, 2020 is coming to a close. And there's no time like the present to start mapping out the year that you want 2021 to be. Now, Eisenhower famously said, when going into battle, I find planning to be useful, but plans useless. 
you got to do that planning because if you don't go in with a framework, then you're going to find yourself in a place that you don't necessarily want to be down the road. That's what the now year wall calendar will help you do. You get a bird's eye view of your year, including the ability to theme your days, your months. You can track habits in the now year wall calendar, which is something that we've really kind of modified this year. You can track two habits per day instead of just one, or you can track one. You can modify and manipulate this calendar because it's simple, it's flexible, it's durable, just like time crafting is. The Now Your Wall calendar is simple, flexible, and durable, just like time crafting. And I want you to be able to get the best out of the months ahead. And so I'm gonna offer you a discount on the Now Your Wall calendar. All you need to do is head to productivityist.com slash new year, that's N-E-U-Y-E-A-R, because I partner with New Year to make this calendar happen. And if you enter the code podcast upon uh, getting to checkout, you're going to get 10% off your purchase. You can get the Now Your Wall calendar in either that that tall mode that you can put on the back of your door, which is what I've done for this coming year, or you can go wide if you want to put it on your wall and see it right dead center in front of you. You can get that as well. Uh, I've been using the Now Your Wall calendar for a number of years and the New Year calendars before that. So I'm really excited that I get to partner up with Jesse and the New Year team again for 2021 and the Now Your Wall calendar for that coming year. So if you want to plan your new year now, then get the Now Your Wall calendar today. Again, go to productivityist.com slash new year. It's in the show notes and just click on it right from there. And then enter the code podcast as long as you do it before December 1st. So your time is time is getting short on that. Uh, you'll get 10% off of the regular price. Again, I, I can't stress enough how important it is to plan the year ahead so that you at least have a shape of your year that you can start to look towards as the months move on. And then now your wall calendar will help you do that. Head over to productivityist.com slash new year. That's N-E-U-Y-E-A-R today and pick up the now your wall calendar now you're hearing a lot about maintenance and just the status quo especially in the current climate that we are in as we come to the near end of 2020 but you know i'm not necessarily buying into that whole maintenance thing in fact i think that you can grow right now there's plenty of opportunities to grow and if growing an e-commerce business is your focus then you need a platform that's focused on growth and that's where Clavio comes in. You see, Clavio is the ultimate e-commerce marketing platform for online brands of all kinds and all sizes. So whether you're just getting started or running a well-known brand, it gives you everything you need to send memorable branded emails, text messages, and more so you can build strong relationships that keep your customers coming back. With flexible automations, powerful insights, and super precise targeting, Clavio is a faster way to turn great ideas into great customer experiences and that's why it's trusted by more than 40,000 brands and brands like Living Proof and Huckberry and Eight Sleep. In fact, on average, Clavio customers see a 41% increase in overall revenue within five months. That's massive. That's not maintenance. That's making things happen. And Clavio scales with you so you never have to switch. They support everything from garage startups to iconic billion dollar brands. I wonder where productivity is falls into where... Anyway, I want you to get more out of your business. I want you to grow and you can do that with Clavio. So if you want to learn more about how you can grow your brand with Clavio, then visit Clavio.com slash grow to get started with a free trial today. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O.com slash grow. Grow your business with Clavio starting today. 
Before we head back to the conversation I'm having with Doug Fraser, I just want to throw one more thing in there right now. You know, I I talk about different software and different courses and stuff like that, things you can buy, you know, sponsored elements that come up during our podcast episodes, pretty much every episode. And I want to share a Black Friday offer with you right now. One of those one of those offers that you can get only for a brief limited time. And I'm going to put a link to it in the show notes because I've used this service for quite a number of software packages or stock photos, things like that. And it's AppSumo. So I'm not going to tell you a lot about AppSumo because frankly, there's a lot to talk about when it comes to AppSumo. So all I want you to do is go to the the show notes, click on the link there. Basically, it's productivityist.com slash AppSumo. And you can check out all of the deals that, that, that AppSumo is offering. So there's a lot to explore there. I want you to be able to get the most out of your time online, whether it's using a software as a service, whether it's using a stock photo service like Deposit Photos, for example, where you can add images to your blog post quickly and easily. There's a myriad of opportunities awaiting you over at AppSumo. So again, head to productivities.com slash AppSumo. Check out what deals they have there. I am an affiliate for AppSumo. So uh, anytime you purchase something from AppSumo using that link, then I'm going to get a little bit of a uh, little bit of bit of remuneration for that so and it doesn't cost you anything additional to make that happen so again head to productivityist.com slash appsumo check out their black friday deals as well as all of the other deals that appsumo is offering for you today and now let's get back to my conversation with doug fraser here on the productivityist podcast austin cleon who's been on the program before talks about the idea of focusing on process not product and i think that that's this is an example of that because if you if you don't focus on the process and focus on just on the product, then you can't see where things went wrong. You can't see if it's worth exploring, you know, especially as you're trying to explore a wide range of topics, right, or a wide range of, yeah. of areas of interest. Um, and that's why I think it's it's really, really kind of interesting that the some, the, the people who, who want to be deliberate about something – they don't go, they don't, they don't say, okay, well, I want this to happen. So I'm just going to make it happen. Like you said, they just focus on the end result. They say, okay, well, the process is what you need to focus on because the product will evolve, will change, will, um, will be the end result of the process. And if the process is flawed, then there's a high likelihood the product will be. And if it isn't, then, well, frankly, it's just dumb luck that it worked out that way. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's, it's a great thing to have that curiosity but the the dangerous side of curiosity is you can lose years to mm-hmm. it yeah. and have nothing to show. Right, right. And then we talked about this a little bit earlier, uh, sunk cost fallacy. You know, the idea we forget that. That's that's something, actually, I talked to my son about this not too long ago because he was asking about, he bought Lego, right? Like he has a ton of Lego and he wants to get rid of some of it because he wants to buy, we were talking about Animal Crossing too, he wants to buy a Nintendo Switch. So he's like, I'm like, well, how are you going to get that? And he goes, well, if I sell some of my Lego, then I can do that. And he said, uh, but I'm afraid to sell it because um, I don't think people will pay for it what I paid for it. And I said, well, Lego, you might be able to get away. I said, some Lego sets you'll be able to sell for more than what you paid for it. I said, but others, yeah. And, and I said, but you can't think about what it cost you when you bought it because that money is gone. Uh, You have to think about, I mean, if you spend all your time thinking about that, then you won't do anything. And I think that's the thing that we tend to sunk cost fallacy. We forget about how do you, when you, when you realize you spent 
time on maybe a project or or a uh, exploring an area uh, that you kind of found. Yeah, I was curious, but now I'm you know this this I'm, I've kind of explored this and I'm not interested in it anymore. How do you keep that idea of oh my god, where, look at all the time I spent on this, or look at all the resources I spent on this, and now it's it's way to go. I'm not going to explore anything else anymore. Like how do you keep that from yeah. showing up? Um, well, sometimes, sometimes it shows up and I have to greet it and right. just sort of work through that. And it's, it's a difficult thing to do, but it's worth it every time as, as most difficult things are, because then I learn more about why I, I feel that way or where my head's been at. And, and typically the answer comes that I've been, I've overworked myself or I'm distracted by something. And then I can sort of navigate through that. And all of a sudden I come out on the other side with a newfound sense of energy and focus. Um, and, but the thing is too, is that we have a right to quit, right? Mm -hmm. Quitting is not always a bad thing. And, um, I, that was made clear for me in Seth Godin's book, the dip. I don't know if you ever read that. Yeah, Uh, I I have. And actually what's interesting, I was just going to talk about, if you want to learn more about sunk cost fallacy, Seth Godin has an episode of his akimbo podcast that talks about it. So I think that, yeah, you can dive into Seth's work, but yeah, the dip for sure. Keep going. Yeah. Yeah. And so just being able to understand the moments where you want to quit just because it's difficult or you want to quit because there's nowhere that this is going to go. And, and it's tough to, to see that, but again, it's sort of like being present and understanding, okay, where does this go from here? And there's, there's a cool, um, uh, thing that we can do where we can sort of project our failures before they happen. Um, and I, I forget the name of it, but essentially what you do is you say, okay, if I take this to market and taking it to market could be anything. If I publish this blog post, if I, if I put this thing out in the world and it fails, why did it fail? And that question for me and for others, um, I believe has opened up the ability to be more honest about the pieces of your project you're not so certain about. And, and so you can sort of feel the failure before it actually happens and avoid it in some ways. We're t- we talked a bit about process and the thing when you're looking at your website, the the next line, and I told you this right after I read it, I said, this is something I want to get into because I'm a big word nerd. The The sentence you have after the four-step process is you say, it's as simple, and then in parentheses, you say, and complex as that. Why is simplicity important to you? Because um, I've often said like, Doing easy and simple are two different things. So why is simplicity such an important part of what you do and how you kind of operate? Well, I think simplicity shows an understanding of a topic, right? So if if you're a teacher and you can't simplify a complicated idea, then you probably don't understand it as well as as you think you do. And so I think simplicity – shows a sort of uh, mastery of a topic or of an idea or at least of the ability to communicate something. And so simplicity when it comes to execution and understanding are huge because if 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 I don't understand uh, the project in, in a simple way, even if the project has many complex moving parts that I'm going to have to work on, if there's not a simple way to understand where did I start? Where are we going? And what's next? Then it's, it's bound to fail because then, you know, you sort of live in that blob that I was talking about earlier where you don't really know what's going on. You're just kind of 
pushing forward without, you know, watching where your feet are going. As you're talking about this, um, staying present, but also looking forward, um, you mentioned the idea of mastery and simplicity. And then I started to think about the devils in the details. Mm. And then my brain went, what does that mean? Like, what's the, what's the origin of that? Because I've always heard like the devils in the details means like it, it, it's, you get dirty in the details, right? Like that's where, but then as you said it, I'm like, maybe that, that's where we get, that's where we can get caught up. That's where we can get like, you know, in the weeds and then we can't get out of it and it becomes muddy and uh, it, it's chaotic yeah. possibly even now, but apparently not because <laughs> <laughs> originally it's like God is in the detail is actually what originally generated as right. Like the idea that um, the details of the plan while seeming insignificant may hit, contain hidden problems that threaten its overall feasibility. Mm-hmm. So the idea, so again, uh, speaking of going back to that idea of staying present and in the moment and things like that, how, uh, when curiosity gets gets you, uh, how do you um, grab it, deal with it? Because I've just done that. I'm like, okay, here it is. I'm going to look at this later. I'll come back to it, and let's come back to the moment. Meditation you talked about as one example, but when you're digging into things for, you know, like your podcast or your work, and you uh, – let's talk specifically about the podcast. And we, we talked a bit before the episode started recording about some people that I think, oh, man, these would be interesting people for you to talk to. How do you capture that and then let it go temporarily and then know to come back to it later? Do you have some kind of, um, uh, you know, reminder system or something, or does it just kind of – is it an organic thing for you? Um. So it's, it's going to, I have a very unimpressive answer. So okay. <laughs> <laughs> what a way uh, to end the show then. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> well, so I have, I have this great feature. I, I use, uh, this soundboard, right? So I can hit mute and, and you won't be able to hear me as I'm doing my secret thing, uh, during an interview, which I, not for this interview, but when I conduct other interviews, um, if I need to take notes on something, I'm going to type it out. Right. Yep. And so if, if I think of something like, oh, man, I want to bring that up later, but now's not the time because they're really getting into something emotional or whatever it may be that I don't want to pull away from. I just hit mute, take the note in a spreadsheet that I have that already has the questions. And there's a category um, or sorry, there's a column that says uh, TBD. And so I just type it in there and any, if I have time left at the end, I go in that column and I, I ask those questions. So in order for me to stay present in the moment, I have to put that information somewhere. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, and, it's gonna, it's, otherwise, it's going to stick around and swirl around in your head and, and you won't be able to let it go. Yes, and it will invite friends and then all those friends. <laughs> <laughs> it's true because now I'm like, I mean, I had to close the tab that has the devils in the details thing because there's so many because you're right. It, you go down a rabbit hole, right? Yeah. And it's so easy to do because your brain's like, Ooh, what if, what if, what if? And there's also, there's part of maybe, let me know if this is the same for you, but there's part of, if I don't learn it now, I'm going to forget to learn it and I'll never know. Yep. Yeah. I mean, you're afraid the, the brain goes, Oh no, I better get this done now because if I don't get it done now and you had to try then it's going to be gone. That's why I like what you've done. And I do the same thing. I got, I've got little note cards in front of me, so I'm taking notes and things like that. Um, if I don't capture them, then and that's a habit I learned really early on, especially after reading David Allen's Getting Things Done. The idea yes. is like capture – and I've th- thrown this quote around a lot of times. Like capture everything, regret nothing. Because even if it's – even if I have no intent down the line of looking at it, at least I gave myself a second chance to go, oh, you know what? That's fine. Or a third or multiple chances or whatever, right? So 
yeah, I'm in the same. I'm I'm the same as you. In fact, I have my Roadcaster Pro here. So if I if I take a note, I will hit the mute button on mine as well, and then go. Okay, well, let me dig into this because I don't want to make it sound. But more often than not, now I'm just using paper and pen and uh, these little note cards. And then what I will do is I'll process these afterwards to say, okay, like the history of pigeons. Let's let's look and see what yeah. that looks like, <laughs> and let's go to you know let's do all that because I think that um, the the problem is is a lot of people when they when when they think of something like that, they'll do they'll they'll do one of two things. They'll either let it fester and it'll it'll eventually go away. Like you said, even with the friends, all of them will leave the party because like yeah, no one's engaging with us here. We're just going to go away. Um, or they will, um, and then they'll say, okay, I'll remember it later, and then they don't. Right? Like you know, they just yeah. don't. And they're like, what was I thinking about again? Whereas if you don't let that happen, then you're not using the bandwidth of your brain to try to remember as much. You're only then then you remember the things that actually matter because you're not clogging it up with all the gunk that you really could have just written down and said, you know what? I want to know what devil's in the deep. I want to because one link isn't enough. Like I went to one link. Yeah. I'm not going to be able to get enough depth in that. That's just a surface thing, because now I want to know why it was called God is in the details, because that sounds that doesn't work. It doesn't sound as cool. So what, what what's the correlation? So by just writing down like the devil's in the details, because I can again, I can use that in my work elsewhere. Right. So. Yeah, same same principle. Not super sexy, but um, not but, everything but has it works. To, yeah, it not works. everything has to be sexy, right? Not mm. every, some people. Some people are so obsessed, and this is something I I'm, obsessed isn't. I'm going to say it anyways. But there's a lot of people in my in, in my space of productivity that are like, "What's the best app? What's the best apps for this? What's the, and frankly, the apps at the end of the day, there there are some that are better than others, no question, based on features and accessibility and all that stuff. But unless you're you're committed to having a, a framework that can transfer, like we talked about, those hard transferables from app to app to app, or better still, to paper. Um, it doesn't matter because the the end. Of the, we've seen apps come and go. There's there's so many of them out there that getting into the weeds with an app is, for lack of a better term, another way to kind of go down a rabbit hole that you may not necessarily need to go down. You're using a spreadsheet for this. You could use notion or Rome research or any of these other tools and you might get curious about those but it's not as if uh if they go away you're you're you have a fallback you have this thing and again it doesn't have to be like i'm using this app for everything and oh my goodness like evernote or something like that it's like look this works it's simple mm-hmm. and that scales therefore i don't need to fine tune or tweak or optimize it the only thing i need to do is do it right exactly and i i think that you know, you mentioned the the devil and God in the details um, in terms of memory and, and writing things down to get them off your mind. I think that that there is no there's no godliness in remembering something and keeping it on your mind, because what happens is then you can't be present anywhere else because mm-hmm. that thing is still tapping on the shoulder. Right. So there's that little devil that's just poking at you. And and you mentioned um, David Allen and getting things done. Uh, there's a great quote from him. Um, it says there's usually an inverse relationship between how much something is on your mind and how much it's getting done. Yep. And for me, like that spells out 90% of the problems that I have when it comes to productivity <laughs> because, <laughs> because it's just like, dude, put it down. And it's, it's amazing. Cause I'll have these little note cards that I write on my desk. I'm like, okay, I need to just put that down because, uh, maybe I'll need to do that down the road. And then, you know, every few weeks I've got a pile of note cards. I go through them. And I don't use over half of them, mm-hmm. but it was, it got off my mind 
and it allowed me to continue forward with what I was already working on. Do you feel precious about the tools you use? Out of curiosity, the reason I'm asking this is because I use Baron Fig products. I love their stuff. Um, no, I mean, uh, they just. I like like I like my very nice pens because they make me want to use them. I have my note cards, which I could use just plain index cards, but they've sent me these these Baron Fig note cards, which I love using. Um, but for the longest time, I would have notebooks and things that, especially notebooks, paper notebooks. That I'd be like, oh, I can't put anything in here yet because it's not worth it. The, the, the thing is not worth the notebook that I'm putting it in. Right, I mean? right. I eventually broke through that. Like, I mean, and I think a, uh, a lot of people um, – may think, wow, Mike, that's really stupid and nerdy. But there's a lot of people who go, oh, no, I totally get it. Like, unless it's going to be in good form and not a rough draft, I'm not going to put it on there. Um, because I And there's so many reasons. Number one, I don't want to sully the book. Number two, oh, my God, it's such a waste of paper, and I'm contributing to the environment by not doing that, et cetera, et cetera. Do you have tools that you're kind of precious about that you like to use? and um, Or are you, you know, whatever's at hand? It Like, that's such an inconsequential thing for you. Um, no, I am totally with you. And the, so the thing is, is I found a few things that, that, that I sort of followed the buy nice, not twice. Right. Um, yeah. Motto because, because it really, the things that you spend that much time with, they should matter to you. They should have some value to you. And I think that when you go in like the notebook you're referring to, I have a, a notebook just like that. Right. And I have a, a particular pen that I use with that notebook. And when I write with that pen in that notebook, I also have the best penmanship that I ever have during any time of my life because I'm taking the time to make sure that what I'm saying is clear, but also that visually when I come back to this notebook, I'll want to read the work because mm-hmm. you look at most of my note cards, it's, it's scratch. And so it becomes like, I don't know, there's this, aggre- I don't know, anxiety or something when I'm reading through these cards that I wrote with important information that I can barely read. And it's because I didn't take the time. I didn't see the value with the the products that I was using in that moment. And there's a, there's a thing in uh, the book called deep work by Cal Newport. Um, I have, I wrote this thing down. Okay. So a a grand gesture is a really interesting idea that he brings up in the book. Mm -hmm. And essentially it's like, uh, if you like, uh, uh, JK Rowling, she rented a really expensive hotel, I think somewhere to finish one of the books. And the reason she did that was because she needed to make some grand gesture that she needed to live up to in that moment in order to finish the work, to get her mind away from all the other distractions and say, holy crap, I invested this into this thing. I need to make it worth it. Right. And so I think when we when we find the precious things that we do our best work with or whatever it is, it it draws us out and we come sort of a almost a better version of ourselves in that moment. A couple more questions before we wrap up. Do you journal? Um, I do. That's another thing that I'm not consistent enough with. But I when I do it, I feel really good about myself for sure. What kind of, is it just random thoughts? Is it uh, do you like because I know some people like to have, again, a framework or a process around it? Or is it just, you know, like kind of just random musings? Um, so there's a thing I think it's called the five minute journal. Yep. Yep. Um, made by Intelligent Design based in Toronto, yeah, Canada. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. 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 So I found that out uh, probably three years ago or so. And it's it's incredible how much of a difference it can make in your day because 
you're able to sort of uh, use these windshield wipers to get out the thoughts in the morning mm-hmm. and then to get out the thoughts at night in order to get the rest you need. Um, and yeah, it again, and then you you stack those things up and it becomes part of your process. And that process sort of gets you into the mindset of, okay, here's how I do things. And when you're able to see like the, the quality of the execution that comes from that, it's just it just becomes such a joy to write or it becomes such a joy to hold this pen or this notebook. Is that the notebook that you use a very specific pen for and a very specific, uh, the notebook, is that what we're talking about? Or is it another one? It is. I figured it it would be. Um, uh, it's interesting because, uh, journaling is one of the things I'm really passionate about. And I've been thinking more and more. And as we we've chatted, uh, about the idea of I've, I've always, I have a handwritten journal that I tend to use just for random stuff, but I use a digital journal for, um, like day one, I use day one for my, uh, regular journaling, but I've been thinking more and more, especially during the season that we're in right now, where the more, I mean, I normally journal at night, I'm a night owl, but the morning I'm finding that that five minutes in the morning might be helpful. So I'm probably going to, uh, explore that in, in a more, uh, just, you know, still using that five minute journal piece in, in handwritten form and then using day one as kind of a, because what I like about day one is I can take a photo or a series of photos and apply it to it. So I get that visual memory. And I know you talked earlier on about the visual storytelling aspect of things. And I love to see that because I can look back and go, oh, wow, right. This was the day that my son built and I built a, we're working on a Dr. Fate cosplay mask right now we've never done it before and i'm like okay great we're into dr fate now and we're going to make this mask and we're it's a process um that's going to that that kind of thing is going in the journal things like that so that way because there's an emotional connection to that mm-hmm. that i can see immediately so i still i i might layer that in there um one more thing uh if someone was to leave this episode today and they want to take one action that will help them you know, foster curiosity or put a process in place that allows them to, you know, spend time in fascination and just learning about things that they may have had a a passing interest in, but want to dig deeper. What's one thing that that you believe they can do, one action they can take to help move that forward? Um, Okay. I'll give you a free version and a paid version. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So the free version is uh, once a week, go on Amazon search, um, for the most popular books, find one that you would not be interested in and just go to the, uh, the feature where you can read a portion of the book and just read a page of something new. And it doesn't have to take 30 minutes. I mean, it'll take you what a minute, two minutes, mm-hmm. um, and expose yourself to new ideas because that really just throws, um, you know, it, it throws the, the gasoline on the fires of curiosity because then you're like, wait a second, if I didn't know this about this other thing, what else don't I know about other things? And so I think that opens it up. Now, that's that's the free version. The paid version is uh, once a month or so, just buy a random book that is doing really well on Amazon that you wouldn't normally be interested in and read it. There you go. Uh Doug, this has been great. Thanks for taking the time uh, uh, for this conversation. I had a a great time. Where can people keep up with you and the work that you do if they're curious and want to do so? Well, you can find the uh, podcast, What We Do on NPR. You can also find it on iTunes. Um, And you can learn more about the videography, copywriting I do at DougFraserDigital.com. 
and uh, I'd spell that out, but we'll probably put it in the show notes. It'll be in the show notes. Absolutely. Doug, thanks for joining me today on the Productivities Podcast. Yeah, Mike, thank you so much.